Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. Let's do it. The Duff McKagan, much anticipated joke of the week. Hey, Chris Jericho. Calling you from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, hey, listen, I was picking up dog poo in the park this morning, and I thought to myself, I should really get a dog. Thank you very much. Goodbye. That was a good one. Duff delivering the last from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, as Guns N' Roses finishing up the U.S. leg of their summer tour. Uh, they had to postpone their dates in Mexico and Australia and New Zealand due to COVID restrictions. Uh, check out GunsNRoses.com for all new info. And Fozzie's Save the World Tour is rolling on to the end of this leg. Uh, we had some really incredible shows. Sold out last night in Johnson City. Last headlining show of this leg tonight at Victory North in Savannah. And then tomorrow, Saturday, Orlando, Florida at Earth Day Birthday. Huge festival. We always enjoy playing there. And then we head to Europe starting November 29th in Liverpool at the world-famous uh, Cavern. We're already sold out in Manchester, Glasgow, uh, Nottingham, Swansea, Wales. Still tickets available for London, Dublin, Belfast, Chester, Bournemouth, Birmingham. But you got to get them quick because we will be sold out before we even get on the plane to go over there. That's FozzyRock.com. And after a couple delays and reschedules of its own, Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Triple Whammy finally setting sail October 21st. We are back in a big way. Got some cabins left. You still got time to join us for the vacation of a lifetime. Go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Don't forget, it'll be the only time you might ever get a chance to see Orange Jericho in action as uh, Jericho and Orange Cassidy team up against Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs in a once uh, a first time ever, maybe once in a lifetime tag team match. And come check us out. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Once again, ChrisJerichoCruise.com for all information. All right, today. He's the king of deathmatch wrestling. Gave me an amazing match during the five labors of Jericho and AEW. And he's about to take on John Moxley in an effort to get the GCW title back. Talking about Nick F. Gage. GCW Fight Club. Mox versus Gage happens tomorrow night, Saturday, October 9th in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Streaming live on Fight TV. Nick's talking about that upcoming match with Mox. He's also talking about his start in deathmatch wrestling and how almost seven years in prison impacted his wrestling career we talk about some of his injuries and the time he nearly died in the ring he's sharing the story as well about david arquette at the time david almost died in the ring and what really happened that night during the match and of course then you'll get all the details on his uh, classic death match with me in aw what the experiencing uh, experience was like for him uh, so much more from nick gage who is surprisingly a very well-spoken and very inspirational here he is 
Nick Gage making his Talk is Jericho debut now. It worked out, man. I'm glad we got to do this because there's a lot going on right now. And it seems like, uh, and this is so cool, that Nick Gage is kind of the biggest underground name in American professional wrestling uh, today. And the thing is, you are a super humble guy. And a lot of people might not know that, but are you surprised right now just how much press and how much spotlight you're getting uh, over the last few months and year? It, it, uh, it's unbelievable, man. I never thought I would reach these heights. I never thought I would get in a ring and battle you one-on-one in a death match, man. We're <laughs> in a regular match, man. So uh, it was an honor, man, because uh, you're one of my favorites all time. You know I told you that, man. Yeah. I followed you since you were uh, – well, uh, Lionheart, man. So, you know, to get in the ring with you, man, and uh, and then uh, you know, ECW is the reason why I wrestle. So, it, okay. you know, to get to there, to now, I feel like like I'm an ECW guy in <laughs> in a, a company called GCW. You know what I'm saying to you? So yeah, I'm fired. It's the modern version of ECW for sure with the same kind of mindset and same kind of rabid fan base as well. Yeah, that's what I have in my mindset. You know, that's what I think. And uh, just, I, I feel like this is my, uh, ooh, it's one of my biggest matches coming up, man. Maybe, maybe in my career, you know, yours was a huge one. And then I think this one right here is going to be a big one. Well, let's talk about that because what, what, what I didn't know was a lot of your history and i kind of found out about it when i narrated dark side of the ring and i was really captivated by your story but i didn't realize that you and mox were such good friends and it basically started out together so many years ago seems like you guys have a, have a, have a close relationship yeah we uh, uh we would battle in the ring man bloody mess we we would take it to each other but uh you know how it goes after the show's done and everything. Uh, we'll crack a beer together, magic one, you know, and uh, talk and kick it. And, and uh, you know, just hang out shit, especially if we're on the road or something like that. I think we did a, a, a maybe like a Europe. I think we were in Germany and uh, we got to hang out in Germany and drink some beers together after the show and stuff. And so when I was locked up, I seen him premiere on the WWE I was so fired up man that I was telling my cellie like yo that's my guy man that's my boy man he was like trying to tell me I was a liar and shit and I was like nah man that's my guy so I was so proud of him but uh shit's changed now man you know I'm on a different mindset I'm here to hurt him man Saturday that's always the way it is when with the guys you know it's always a little bit extra stiff and an extra more uh you, you want to dominate you want to you want to take it to him a little bit tougher yeah I'm, I'm gonna leave it all out there man I already told myself I'm gonna live or die in this match man and I'm gonna give him everything I got and uh of course I'm gonna have my gang with me man you know the MDK gang they're gonna be in the house I want to give a shout out to them because listen Chris if it wasn't for them, man, I wouldn't be here right now and I wouldn't be doing what I love. And that's professional deathmatch wrestling. So I want to give a shout out to my gang, the MDK gang, man. If it wasn't for them, man, I don't know what I'd be doing. You've almost been, become, and I say this with, with the ultimate of respect, a, a folk hero to where you, you're, you're doing things your own way. Not a mainstream way, but that's the MDK gang, which, of course, is the name for your fan base and, and all your friends that follow you. 
Uh, and because you do things your own way, they are absolutely loyal to the end for Nick Gage. Yeah, I love it. And you know what I do, Chris, that some people don't see or or don't get it caught on camera. It's like I'm usually the main event at a lot of these shows. And before I go into the curtain, I'm sitting there taking pictures with about, you know, whoever shows up hundreds of people you know i don't even go back to the curtain sometimes i sit out there and autograph and take pictures and sit out there man and 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 i and just thank them man because if it wasn't for them man because uh, when i got let out and i went to czw man i was like this shit is not for me man this shit has changed i do not like i don't like the feeling that it the camaraderie was not there and i was like what am i gonna do and then thank God that we opened up uh, GCW and then, uh, you know, slowly but surely we started, you know, but then I took off like, like a rocket, man. Fans love me, man. MDK gangs all over the place. Now I go to California. I go, I was in Montana, man, with fans loving me, man. So, you know what I'm saying? It's awesome, Chris, man. What do you think it was, Nick, that, that suddenly clicked with people to make them follow you I so don't know, much? man. I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out, Chris, man. I don't know. Maybe the realness. Maybe maybe me, maybe just keeping it real, being myself, man, let, letting everything out. Uh, I don't hold nothing back, man. I let everybody know my story. I let everybody know who I am. And I think, you know, and I be myself, man. I always tell everybody, man, you know, MDK stands for be yourself. Surround yourself with the people that love you and care for you and uh, find a passion that you love, man, and do it at 110% with hard work and dedication, man. That's what MDK is all about, man. And uh, I don't know. It's worked, man. And uh, people are listening and they're all fired up and then they get me fired up, man. So it's like this. I try to explain to them that it's, you know, it goes both ways. They always thank me. But I'm like, man, thank you. Because if you weren't in the crowd going, Nick Gage or MDK, I wouldn't be fired up to go out there at my age and still do this deathmatch shit, man. So I just want to say, uh, you know, salute to my motherfucking gang, man. It's all about them. Does it mean more to you now post getting out of jail where maybe you're not taking it for granted and, and really enjoying each moment? Yeah, flipped it around, man. Before I went to jail, I, I just didn't. I mean, I I cared about it a little bit, Chris, you know, but uh, I was just there to get a couple bucks, you know what I mean, and go wrestle because I knew I could wrestle and get a couple bucks. Now it's like it's in my heart, man. You know, it's in my blood again. You, you know what I'm talking about? Mm. I got that passion back, man. I got that love. I got that everything that 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 pro wrestling gives you, and and it's all back in me, man. And and. And you know it, man. Uh, you, you know you met me, and we went one battle one on one, man. You you know I bring it, and uh, and I love this shit, man. You know, there's a real culture to um, deathmatch wrestling, and I really got interested in it when we we did the dark side show. Well, I did it after you had done it, and then there was a documentary that that um, a guy had done where I got a chance to talk to Pondo and G raver and kind of get a little bit into the whole mindset. And to me, it's, it's, I respect the whole culture of it because of course a lot of people don't, but to me, it's a, it's a form of wrestling just like Lucha Libre is, for example, or, yeah. you know, a Japanese style where Japanese is more of a stiff style and Lucha Libre is more of a, of a dance and death match obviously is more violent, but 
what attracts you to that and how big is the deathmatch fan base out there because obviously you're working to a lot of people right now see uh deathmatch is is is, is a crazy art form man uh because some of that shit is just garbage you know some mm. guys they just hit each other over the head and making them bleed and and that's right. all you got to do and all that shit man but if you get some good guys like we have at gcw and you add a little wrestling into the weaponry and all that other stuff, man, then you got something good. You got something awesome. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then the blood uh, means something. You're telling the story. You know, some of these people out here, man, I get so pissed off that we get a bad rap because these guys are out here in some backyard just hitting each other and, and that's it. You know what I mean? Right. And not, I, I like to add some wrestling. I like to like be creative. I like, you know what I mean? stuff like that so so that's why it gets a bad rap and it always had a bad rap but it started to uh you know starting to pick up a little bit man as you can see at our shows man you know we're we're drawing better you know we're, we're doubling our numbers and i think that's because of the boys in the locker room man i think we got a good crew they understand the art of the deathmatch style which is uh not just hit me over the head and hit me over the head and then and then bleed, and then that's it, and do some stupid shit off the top and shit like that. I watched mm. some shit today, and it's just like, man, what the fuck is this, man? <laughs> These guys are in, like, dirt, and they're throwing, like, uh, glass painted glasses somebody, and they got, like, little kids over there, and I'm like, mm. you know, there's time to do it in the right way, and I feel like I, the, why, the reason why I call myself the king of this shit is because I feel like I, I figured that art form out. I feel like I'm the best at it in America. You know, there's a lot of good guys in Japan, man. They, they, they <laughs> them Japanese brain. But uh, in America, I feel like I'm the best one doing it right now. You know, life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. You kind of explained it a little bit, but get into a little bit more. What is the art form of the deathmatch to you? What does that mean? What what it means to the art form? Yeah, I I just think I just think there the, without stuff to explain it to you without explaining. All right, so the art trade form, secrets, but yeah, you know, there, there's an art form to it. There's a way of hitting somebody with weapons. You know, there, there's a way of putting putting a spot together. There's mm-hmm. a way of uh, uh, using the tubes, the glass, and whatever else is out there. Just like I said, there's a way of putting wrestling in with it's just guys who like to wrestle with weapons. You know what I mean? Right. Guys right, don't right. have to wrestle. You could get you could take these guys and take the weapons out of there and they could still have a wrestling match. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I like to uh take it up a notch, man. I know how to f- slice you up. I know how to cut you, man. I know how to make you bleed. You know, I know how to do all that shit. And you'll be all right. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean because, because you know, when we di- when we decided to have this match, obviously the idea was it f- was for it to be very violent, but also to use a lot of psychology. And I'm really actually very proud of that match. I think it is one of the the best death matches that we've seen in a while because we were able to com- combine the two. Like you said, you're already down for it anyways, but just kind of take the the storytelling to a yeah a different level, which I really enjoyed. I thought it was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I agree with you 100%. It was one of my favorite matches of all time, man. Be honest with you. What did you think when you were first called for that, for, for the AEW match? Uh, I didn't really believe them. Or <laughs> I thought or or I thought that they wanted to like kind of use some fake shit, you know, mm-hmm. maybe some Hollywood stuff or stuff like that. And and that's one thing I'm against. If you're mm-hmm. gonna do deathmatch, we're gonna go, you know, we're gonna do a deathmatch. You know what I mean? We're not gonna do, you know, that fake ass shit. Right. You no, know, we're gonna take it to the we're gonna take it to the to the extreme. We're gonna use real glass, we're gonna use real tubes, and we're gonna have a deathmatch. And we're gonna see who takes the most pain. And then who sues wins? Of course, you got a W on me. I was a little surprised about that, but uh, you're bleeding all over. I thought I was going to get you on that, man. But you got me with that bundle. Them bundle of tubes knocked me out, man. And you come with that elbow. Well, that's that one of those things. That's dangerous, man. Well, that's one of those things, too, dude. I mean, I won, but I was, I think, even bloodier than you were and picking glass out of my back, which, once again... It's funny because people, the thing that really got to me about this, and you'll understand this, Nick, is like, wow, Jericho, you you didn't have to do that. And it's like, the f*** I didn't. It wasn't like proving anything, but this was the story we were telling, is that MJF brought in Nick Gage to slice me up, and that's what we were going to do. And to me, it was part of a great storyline. And f- yeah, I paid the price for him. I still got the the pizza cutter scar on my arm. That'll be there forever. Yeah, I sliced you up right in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <man. laughs> you want to? You want to? <laughs> did you, you want to know something? Go ahead. Why? Oh, go ahead, bud. No, no, you go ahead. I wanted to tell you something. In my neighborhood, people know me in my neighborhood as 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 Nick Gage, and they're like, "Yo, that's Gage, that's Gage," and they would come up to me and they were like, "Man, you sliced the shit out of him in his arm, man," and they kept talking about that shit uh, i was just funny man you brought you brought it up well the the best thing was is when and then there's two things i was going to bring up and then we'll talk about this stuff but the one thing was when you're uh gouging me with with the pizza cutter which was a trip shall we say uh the best part is we go to commercial break and then domino's pizza <laughs> comes up on the ad cutting the pizza cutter and they were e- extra angry at us for that Total coincidence. It's not our fault. We didn't know. You know, we didn't know Domino's was coming up. I was saying if they were smart, I didn't know either. If they were smart, they would have booked us in a a Domino's commercial. We could have sold a bunch of pizzas for sure that night. Yeah, well, Domino's got heat for that. (laughs) But (laughs) it fans, to be honest with you. Total coincidence, too, by the way. Neither one of us had any idea what was going on. Total coincidence. No, man. No, not at all, man. None at all. And uh, and another thing was that was my first time doing live TV, right. too. So, uh, you know, I had to learn that on the fly. You know, that was tough. Some, You know, I've never done live TV before. I've only done the streaming, you know. So sometimes I could take my time on some things and, right. or, or, or I could yell at the crowd. And, and, and some guys really did not like me in that crowd. And I really wanted to get at them. But... Uh, you know, live TV, you got to go, man, and keep going. You actually, you actually did, you actually did really good for your first time because it's not easy, especially when you're used to just taking your time, you know, go as long as you want. Yeah. 
for us, it's like, here's the first break. It ends here. We come out of break here. And by this point, the show is over here, no matter what we're doing. So you better be finished. Yeah, it was crazy fast, man. You know, but uh, I, I felt good in there with, uh, with the TV. I felt all right. And then, uh, did you notice when when we did the uh, the Frankensteiner into the glass that you had set up on the chairs? Did you notice when I came around that my leg hit the glass first? First. Yeah, I know. Like by the grace of God, it stayed there for you because that was one of the highlight spots of the whole night that was amazing yeah i I love that move i never noticed it as it bounced off the damn glass i was like thank goodness it didn't like you know fall off the chair or whatever it was yeah the wrestling gods were on our side that night man (laughs) did you um after that match was done did you have a lot more people kind of knowing who nick gage was absolutely chris yeah big time big time the uh uh instagram went up uh i would say Fifteen thousand. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I don't really uh, do my Instagram a lot. I just I just throw it on there, maybe a couple pictures here and there, and it just skyrocketed to now it's at like twenty five thousand. And and it was after your match, man. You know, so you know I I don't I'm not a big uh, Instagram guy. You know, I'm not a big guy on 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 the internet. I just like to be in front of a live crowd. And I just like to go in there and go hard, man. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's what I like to do. And I think deathmatch wrestling is also way better live. That's one thing I'm very passionate about. That it's way better to go see it live than on 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 you know streaming. Now I guess everything's mm-hmm. streaming. You know, I was about to say DVD, but everything <laughs> streams. You know, that's what I mean? right. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, you know, you you can hear the glass, you can hear all that, and then you can hear the crowd better. And you know, I'm just so if anybody's watching this or listening to this, man, go check out GCW and go check out a real deathmatch show, man. And uh, you'll be uh, you'll you'll you'll, you'll uh, come out fired up after the show, man. I guarantee you that. One of the matches that I watched just as I was kind of getting familiar with some of your work is one that happened just a week or two before ours was. Uh, the match that you had with um, with Matt Cardona in 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 Atlanta, in Atlantic City. Oh yeah, crowd yeah, went I made crazy. Him a bloody mess. You did, but talk about that because the reaction for that was really over the top. Something that you don't see every night at a at a wrestling show. Yeah, it was crazy. I'm good at working my crowd, my my peoples, you know, and uh, you know the way way the swerve came down at the end, man, and him beating me. Oh man, the crowd just went crazy, <laughs> and and by the way, wh- whoever said that that was set up for the fans to throw that stuff in the ring, that's a f- bullshit lie. Unless it's not told to me, but you know that shit was uh, fans pissed off throwing shit in the ring, man. Just like when RS Pussy beat me and uh, threw shit in the ring, you know. I'm on a losing streak right now, Chris, man. I got to get a W under my name, and I'm going to get that shit Saturday, man. Yeah, <laughs> you got to take it on a mox, man. Yeah, I keep looking at it under the lights, and I got to, you know, I got to I gotta bring it to Moxley, and everybody knows Moxley, knows he's he's got a couple screws loose up there. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to bring it to him, man. There's no night off with, with that Moxley, man. You got to lace your boots up and go to work. And that's one thing I keep telling myself when I'm, 
doing my workouts or, or I'm pushing another set. You know what I mean? It's ready to go. And it's only Tuesday, and I'm ready to rock. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. It's so great, too, that we can do this. Like, Nick Gage comes to AW, and then John Moxley comes to, to GCW. It's, it's a very cool time in wrestling where we're able to do that. Absolutely. Well, I, I want to say first, man, AEW was, was nothing but awesome to me, man. Everybody in the locker room was great to me. No disrespect towards me. And uh, I just want to give it up to Tony Khan, man, and who? And everybody else that runs that shit, man. That, that's a great company, man. And you guys, are, uh, you guys are doing some awesome shit over there, too, man. Were you a little bit kind of not nervous, but were you a little bit like intimidated to go and see how everybody would be to you there and everything? Or were you, pretty uh, cool? you know, yeah, a little bit, you know, you never know how people are going to act towards yeah. you, you know what I mean? Especially me being who I am, you know, oh, this deathmatch guy going to come in here and then he's going to do the main event with Jericho, you know what right. I mean? But I found none of that, man, unless they were doing it behind my back, but, uh, and everybody showed me love, and then, and then once the match was over, man, standing ovation from the boys. You know, Tony Khan came around, gave me a hug and a high five. You know, uh, Cody was saying and how you were bleeding and you're a mess, and <laughs> you're and how you were selling in the corner, man. So it's just, I just uh, everything. It was just an awesome night, man. That's all I could say, man. I just loved it, man. And that company right now is on fire, man. And and I, all my boys are on there, man. I know that whole locker room. I, I wrestled almost everybody in that locker room. And I'm just so proud of some of them guys who, who, who made it there, man, and, and doing awesome things right now. You know, Chris, one thing I ain't, man. I ain't no hater, man. I'm a congratulator, man. <laughs> so I like to see my friends win, man, instead of being all like, damn, man, man. I went to AEW, did one match, and I ain't coming back, man. Nah, man, I don't, I don't think like that, man. I love seeing my friends get an opportunity. I love to see my friends win and everything like that, man. So that's another thing that was awesome, seeing my guys I haven't seen in a while in the locker room, man, on live TV, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was just so dope. So that's no, another was, thing that was awesome. And it was cool, too, because once again – you know, and I'm sure at some point you'll be back, but but for that night, that definitely helped your name value too. So now when you go to GCW, because you went there and you kick some ass, you look great. I can't see that hurting you in any way. Yeah. No, man, not at all. Listen, man, I one thing I keep telling myself, Chris, is I'm just, once I keep having fun, once I stop having fun and I'm not having fun doing this no more, or my body gives up, or somebody does something to me, I'm done, man. You know what I mean? That's right. it. That's the three things. But right now, I'm having a f- blast. I'm loving this shit. And I'm just going to keep going, man, till Father Time gets me or, you know, something else happens. But, you know, you, you, you're one of the guys who can show that can still do it, man. Look at you. Mm. You're f- hanging with them young boys in there, man, going <laughs> hard. You know what I mean? And you've been doing how long you've been doing this, man? About 31 about 30 years. years man. 31 now. 
31 years, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. You should be proud of yourself, man. Well, That's dope as hell. And then young and them young boys go now, man. It wasn't like back in the day. Right. If you ever see remember independence back in the day, you might have like one good match or two. Yeah, good point. You know what I mean? Now it's like every match, man, these young boys are just going hard and they're just Jesus, every match is great, you know? You know, they could work on a few little things, you know, tweak little things. I try to help the young guys in the locker room. You know, if they come back in their match or like say uh, after the show, I like to talk to them and, you know, you know, say some things to them, you know, maybe work the crowd a little better, you know, tweak this a little better. I like doing that shit, too. I like to fire the people up. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like that's my locker room at GCW, man. And I feel like that's what I do. And that's part of why I'm there, man, to get people fired up and let's go, man. How long have you been in the business for, Nick? 22 years, 21 years since. uh. I graduated high school in 98. I went to Cancun, Mexico, and then I started training in 98, and I had my first match in 99. So what's that, 22 years, about that? Yeah, about that, yeah, 20, 22 years. But let's talk about a little bit about, about your history because you mentioned a few times about going to jail. Uh, how long were you actually in jail for? Well, I went for four and a half years, and then – I caught a parole violation, so they threw me in there for two more years. So, what's that? Six and a half, seven years. Six and a half, seven years. So, but yeah, I'll tell you what, man. It was a, a blessing in disguise, man. Mm-hmm. You know, got me to sit down, got my mind right, got my body right, got my soul right. You know, I you know, I could have used a little less than seven years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you know. I, I think I needed that. And I, and I think, you know, somebody, I just, I feel like someone made me go in that bank and, and do what I did because I needed to sit down, man. And I needed to get my mind and body and soul right. And mm. that was the only way I guess, you know, but I right. probably could have did that in five. But. So when you were, you were in there, was your goal to always get out and get back into wrestling or were you even thinking about it at that point in time? Cause that's a long time, seven years, obviously. Oh, oh the goal. Uh, once I, uh, once I figured out that I love this shit and, uh, I want to go back to wrestling. Yeah. That was the goal. So I'm hitting the yard. I'm working out like a madman, And I got my boys with me who are the Eastern block gang. That's who I call. They're all from the Eastern block area of the country. One's Albanian, one's mm. Hungarian, and one's Italian, and then there's me. And it was four of us, and we just work out like animals. And then I would work on a cow farm, and I would throw 10,000 pounds of cow feed out of a, a silo. Mm. And I would use that to twist my body and, and you know work on my uh, strength on my back, on my abs and shit. Mm. Yeah, and then I was all for wrestling, man, everything. Everything I did in there was all for wrestling, man, workout-wise and everything. Because I just wanted to come out and be a beast. And uh, I wanted to put that deathmatch shit back on the map. And uh, I feel like I did, man. I feel like I did. So you would you would get out for the day to go to work sort of thing? Or, or was where was the field where the cows were in, in according to the jail? It's um, I was in maximum security. So I would just sit in myself for 23 and 1. You go out for an hour workout. But then you work with your way down to medium security, 
Then you go down to minimum security. That's when you get the jobs. You get to roam around a little more. They give you a little more trust. You know what I mean? If you have, you know, my mindset was no trouble. Don't get no trouble. Put your blinders on and just keep moving, man. Get out when you can. And uh, that's what I did. And uh, I got a job uh, milking cows when I went to minimum security. Hmm. So if I ever need a backup job, I can always go to a farm and uh, <laughs> be, a, be a farmer. That's not easy to milk cows either. It's it's hard to do milking. No, no, it isn't, man. No, man, they, they like to kick and they like to slam you against the rail and shit. But uh, that's the truth, man. But uh, I took the hardest job on there, which was taking a pitchfork and dig their feed, which, which is in the silo. And throw it down, man. And I choose that job for wrestling because I knew it would build just muscles that you couldn't hit with the weight. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So when you got out of jail, then um, do you remember your first match back? Oh uh, yeah, uh, where the hell was it? Damn, it was like a tag match somewhere. But I remember Kyle, KTB, Kyle the Beast was in it, and I came out and I just blasted them with chair shots, and I had like a little f- 10, 15 people chanting for me, <laughs> and I was like, uh, I remember Tommy Dreamer was there too, man, and he gave me like a little talk and shit like that, and a little. Uh, that was pretty cool of him, man. He gave me a little inspiration talk, man, because I was ripped up and I was in great shape and, and uh, he's seen it and shit. So I just don't remember where it was at. Too many bundle shots to the head, Chris. <laughs> I got to stop taking them. <laughs> but it seems definitely, though, you you know, and just judging from once again, from what I know from you from from the Dark Side show, you were a changed man when you got out of out of, out of the joint, so to speak. Sometimes guys get out and they're very bitter. You're not that way. It seems like you took it and just went with it the completely opposite direction. Yeah. I just try to take the, you know, try to take all the, that it's just such a negative place that I try to take all the good out of that negative place, which is the weights. And, 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 uh, you know, you meet a couple people in there are good people and you surround yourself with them. And then you have, you have your little crew. And then I just, I did that. And then when I went in my second time, I found another guy who was a beast uh, who taught me how to lift with body weight. I want to give a shout out to Juan. He probably not watching this, but if he is, shout out to Juan. Juan's another friend of mine who I met my second stint. And uh, he showed me how to work out without weights, man. That's a whole different. He was a beast, man. Right. So I just feel like uh, these did. Uh, I feel like the wrestling guys were putting these people in front of me. Because the first guy, free my boy 2-6, I want to give a shout out to him. He'll be out soon. He taught me how to lift the right way. He taught me how to clean. He taught me how to, why you're lifting? Why are you lifting like that? Why are you hitting that? You're hitting the muscle like that. Because I was one of them dudes that did a basic workout and turned it up to 10. I was one of them guys. Didn't mm-hmm. know what I was doing. I knew how to push the dumbbells in the, in the straight bar, but I didn't know why I was doing it. And this guy said, well, you push it like this because you're hitting the muscle like this. And then when you curl it like that, you're hitting the peak of the muscle like that, you know, shit like that. Mm. And then when I when I got out and then I got put back in, 
I was in a cell with a Spanish Spanish guy, Juan, and I was like, kind of like, you know, a little cocky, like, yo, you want to go work out tomorrow? Because like, I'm a beast with this shit, you know, like I'm telling myself. <laughs> and Juan would, yo, listen, Juan was a beast, Chris. He was doing hundreds, hundred squats, hundred lunges. Uh, he would do a uh, hundred pull-ups and he would do them in, in sets. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He would bang out third. Boom, boom. I, I, you know, I couldn't do that, man. You know, one thing right. I can't do is uh, my pull-up games in the, I think I have my shoulders problem. Right. right, right, right. But I, feel like I, I feel like they put these guys in my life, man, to teach me a little lessons, you know, about mm-hmm. working out and getting your body right and eating right and all that shit. And, uh, you know, you just got to look out for that shit when you're in there, man. Stay away from all them goofballs that are in there, man. There's tons of them in there. Stay away from all that stupid shit in there and find all the positive stuff in there. If you want to know one thing, Chris, I was a uh, chaplain to Sister Karina. I was her assistant. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so shout out to sister Karina. I was her assistant. What would you do with her? Oh, I would just, uh, sometimes I would go hang out. Uh, I would take Bibles to people who just got to the prison and hand them out or just sit it. I have my own office. So I would just sit in my office or, uh, you know, sometimes she would let me use, she would let me use her personal phone to call oh. my wife up and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, a little, little on the low. We'll keep that on the low. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she, yeah, Sister Karina was, yeah, she would help me out a lot, man. So cool. uh, yeah, and um, and then she would have just, just, just these little talks, you know, with me and then and just, you know, got, just hit me in the head the right way, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it felt like, uh, you know, I couldn't believe I would get that job, you know? I was in the kitchen eating like a madman, Chris. I was up to like 250. I was like, I got to get out of this kitchen, man. <laughs> and one guy came up and he knew I was, uh, he knew I was a quiet guy. I didn't get in no trouble. And he was like, uh, you know, Sister Karina's looking for an assistant. Would you, you know, you want the job? And I went down there and, you know, interviewed for the job and she gave it to me. And I was there for like a year and a half. I worked for her. Wow. Yeah, it was a while. So that people would not not expect, right? (laughs) And I'll tell you this, Chris, when I got uh, locked up again and then I finally got my status, who did I run into? The first person I ran into? Sister Karina. Ah. Right right there, man. Looking at me like, yeah, that one hurt, man. That one hurt the heart a little bit because she just looked at me like, man, uh, what are you doing back? Right. Like everybody thought like, you know, I was ready to go. And you slip up sometimes, man. But, you know, it's not how you fall, man. It's how you get back up, man. You're going to have challenges in your life, man. And you got to battle them challenges, man. You know, you just got to battle them, man. And keep fighting and never give up, man. I'm a strong believer in that. Never give up. If you're down and out and you're in in your worst luck and you got a dollar in your pocket, man, you could still come back from that, man. I just want to let everybody know that, man, that you could – battle back man if you're down and out and you're and you're you're not feeling right and you're thinking stupid shit in your head man don't do it man you can always battle back from anything man sometimes it might be go talk to somebody you know that was one thing chris i learned in there that um i was always a guy kept everything in when i went to jail and i met sister karina 
I finally was able to open up and, and, and discuss some shit. You know what I mean? And, and then uh, I went to a program and I would go talk to a lady every, every uh, I think it was like every week. And I learned how to open up and, and, you know, express myself and talk about some shit that I used to bottle up and used to eat me up on the inside. So I learned how to, uh, you know, get that shit out of my system, man. And I think it made me a better person. Yeah, man. Yeah, all that shit, man. That's all that positive shit I took out of there, man. In such a negative place, you just got to find it, man. You got to want it. You either got to want to change or just go do your bit and get out, you know? But I wanted to change, man. I wanted to come out, man. I wanted to be a different person, man. I wanted to look different. I wanted to just be a different person, but still be myself, man. I still I still loved the core of who I was. But, you know, but people out there, man, just keep battle, man. Keep fight, man. Wherever you're at, man, go find somebody. Go get somebody that'll help you or something. Or just, you never know, man. Tell somebody. It might be a stranger or something like that. But always, always, man, always keep fighting, man. Never give up, man. I just wanted to send that message out because uh, I lost my brother, man, and that one hurt me a lot. And uh, I just couldn't believe he gave up, man, you know. So I try mm-hmm. to just, you know, you, you got a big platform. I just try to get that message out, man. You know, never give up. And, uh, you know, I try to tell, you know, I think I give that message out to my fans too, man. You know what I mean? No, it's, it seems that that could be another reason why you have such a great fan base with the MDK, you know, gang. I'm sure, do you talk to a lot of people one-on-one and tell the, tell them the same things you just said right here? I do. Yeah. I do. I do, man. I let them know, man. That's what I, you know, it might, it might stay murder, death, kill, but it, it's like how we used to use our language uh, uh, around my neighborhood. Like, uh, you just dunk the basketball. Yeah, I just murdered that stuff. Shit. You know, that's how we used to talk. Sure. I'd be like, damn, I just murdered that. Like, that match, man, I just killed that match. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I, I came up with that thing. And then I started thinking, like, you know, how? W- w- what's it about? You know, it's about being yourself, man. You know, don't, you know, you don't have to hide, man. Just be yourself, man. Then surround yourself with loved ones who love you for who you are, man. Don't change because you're around a different crowd, man. Be yourself, man. And if that crowd don't like you, then get rid of them, man. Find new friends. And then I'm a strong believer in finding a passion, man. You got to find a passion or got to find something that you love to do, man. That's one thing I'm strong at, man. You know, find something that you love to do, man, you know, and do it at 110%. Well, hard work and dedication. You know why, man? Because I have never seen hard work and dedication never fail, Chris. It's never failed. I've never seen it fail. If someone gives hard work and dedication in anything they do, acting, wrestling, anything, man, it always wins, man. So <laughs> that's what yeah. MDK is all about, man. Yeah. It's inspirational, man. Yeah, yeah. That's how I believe, man. And uh, my Eastern Block, when I throw the Eastern Block, there are my friends watch my back, you know, so I give a shout out to them every time I go out and wrestle because, you know, some people were stupid in there. And if I didn't have my crew around me, you know, some stupid shit might have popped off. Mm-hmm. And at the end, I give a shout out to Hate Club, who um, my tagging partner, Nate Hatred, who passed away. And the other Hate Club member was my brother who passed away. So mm-hmm. I try to give them a shout out in the beginning. So. MDK Eastern Blockade Club, man. <laughs> you know, 
And it all means something, you know? It's not a saying, you know? It means something, you know? And it means something to my heart. And it keeps me going in that ring, man. I just think of them boys, you know? And, and I think of the fans and, and my gang, and it just keeps me going, man. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. There's two things that I want to talk about that that was in uh, in your dark side that was very interesting, and by the way, that was that was absolutely amazing, very inspirational, very cool to hear. But let's talk about the first thing I want to ask you about is is the whole David Arquette story with David because I, I know David and and I watched his documentary and I watched the dark side and uh, was that as as built up as it as it comes across or, or kind of what went down with that whole situation. Well, I didn't know anything about it, so they brought me. They said, uh, you're going to wrestle David Arquette, and he wants to do a death match with you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, we went out for steak dinner. He took me to, uh, uh, I didn't know at the time, but it was like one of the oldest L.A. restaurants. <laughs> yeah. It was one of the nicest restaurants there is. I think it was Mo- I didn't know and Frank's. Time, but... Yeah, <laughs> Musso and Frank's. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I didn't know it at the time. And, uh, he, you know, he, he's a cool dude. But I, I just wanted to explain to him that, you know, this shit's real. And this everything's real. The blood's real. Everything's real. Are you sure you want to do this? Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm not going to take it easy on you. I'm going to go hard on you like your G Raver or any other like Alex Cologne or any other guys I got to go hard with. Right. And then, uh, you know, as far as the uh, incident goes, it's just like, you know, he I don't know, man. I told him, you know. He, shoot, he turned around, which was a bad idea. You know, I got a thing in my hand, you know, and then he tried to shoot a double leg on me, you know, and then Did he panic and he got caught. Well, I, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, I explained to him, you know, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he definitely panicked because in the beginning it was going awesome. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, man. You know what I mean? Like he's doing right. his thing, like he's feeling it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yes, it's going perfect, perfect. And then once I started bringing it a little bit, you know what I mean? Like a little hard, you know, and shit like that. I think he panicked a little bit, especially with the tube to the head. But, you know, you got to, you got to, you got to stay still, man. You know? Right. You know, that's all I can say that, you know, you got to stay still and use your facials, man. That's it. You know, without saying too much. I literally... When he turned around holding his neck, my first thought was, did I just kill David Arquette? Because I was really nervous. He was holding his neck and the look in his eyes and his face was like, oh, no. But I've been doing this so long, Chris, that like I could see cuts and no cuts. Like I'm no doctor, but nothing was squirting. Nothing mm-hmm. was coming out. It was just, you know, a little, little, a little cut. That's all it was. Right. You know, and, and he bugged out. You know, he's never been in one of these. He's never been in a death match. He don't know how to handle something like that. And, uh, yeah, it went downhill from there. And I just slammed him. And I said, stay on the ground or you're going to get hurt, man. You know, because you're coming at me, slamming chairs at me. You're, you're coming at me like you want to fight me for real. And you don't want to do that, man. So right. I gave him a judo throw. I, I slammed him on the ground. I whispered in the ear, you better stay there or, or I'm going to hurt you. And, you know, he stayed there and then he walked out and I didn't even get to talk to him or nothing like that. Have you ever talked to him since? But uh, he did send me a mattress, by the way, for using uh, 
my shit on his documentary. So shout out to him for sending me a, a mattress. A mattress. Brand new mattress. King, yeah. 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 He sent me a king size mattress. Oh, that's cool. For using that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's still sitting over here in my house. I haven't opened it up yet because I love my mattress I got now. So uh, it's just sitting over there. <laughs> yeah. In a box, you know, and, uh, you know, so, you know, shout out to David Arquette for sending me a mattress for using my footage on his documentary. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that maybe he was in over his head. You know what I mean? And that's the thing with wrestling, I mean, especially with, with your type of match. Like, even when we worked, it's like that light tubes in your forehead, man. It's pretty hard not to just freak out, you know? Yeah. But you got a mattress out of it, so. Yeah, what it is is, man, you got to listen to me, especially if you're new to this. Or something like that. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, oh, uh, one more thing, man. I just want to give him a shout out for, um, you know, I wish I could have talked to him after the match. He he literally left uh, right away and I never spoke to him again. So I just want to give him a shout out for at least trying it. I wish he would have listened to me a little better. Um, he was all over the place after that. But, mm. you know, he gave it a try. He had no business being in there on that level, but uh, I don't know why you wanted to do a death match, but you know, shout out David Arquette. At least gave it a, gave it yeah. a little bit, gave respect, it his all. Respect for giving it a shot for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He jumped off the top rope in the beginning, hit me with that dive. I was like, Oh shit. This guy's, <laughs> <laughs> this guy can go a little bit, you know, you know, he did, you hit me with the cutter through the tubes, which my throat almost went through. You know what I mean? But I know, you know, I know how to do some shit, and he don't. You know what I'm saying? Well, you so you gotta, you gotta listen to me now. Exactly, Chris. Exactly, man. Well, you talk about about um, something that's actually the other thing I want to ask you about was very hard to watch. Was the night that you almost died? Kind of tell us, run us through that. That was pretty crazy too. Yeah. So uh, it was that tournament of death. It was the last round, and I was in there with a Germany guy who they loved. And they were praising. So I was like, man, I'm going to bring it to this guy, man. You know, they were all like, who the fuck is this guy? I didn't even right. know who he was. But uh, the promoter loved him and all that. And I'm like, fuck this. This is my house. And I hit the tubes. And the tube, um, you know, it just broke, you know. It just broke and stabbed me in my artery and sliced my artery. Under, under your? Yeah, yeah, under your armpit, which is the worst place you can get it. And and it and it it poked the other artery, but it didn't puncture it. And if it punctured the other artery, me and you wouldn't be having this conversation right now. So thank God it didn't puncture the other artery, or I would have been it would have been done. I would have been bled out. But uh, I was trying to go back out there. Thank God they didn't let me go back out there. I was like, tape it up, man. Let me finish the match. And I was dead set on going out there. And thank God that we had EMTs in the back that that held me down and said, no way you going out there. And I don't know. They couldn't get a in ambulance on the property or something. So the helicopter came flying down. And I remember saying, yo, can my boy come on the, on the plane with me or the helicopter? And then I, I don't remember anything until after surgery. Wow. So they said I flatlined it. And yeah. They said I flatlined or something like that. It's surgery or somewhere around there. And they, just, uh, so I went, uh, as soon as the uh, helicopter went up, 
Chris. I, I don't remember any of that. I remember telling my boy, get my bag and meet me at the hospital. And then I tried to get him on the plane with me or I mean the helicopter. But uh, it was just an accident, man. And, uh, you know, just hitting it, just hitting it the wrong way. You know, that's those all it was. I want you to right? the wrong way. Those, yeah. Those, I mean, yeah. this is deathmatch wrestling. You know, this is this this what could happen to you, man. You know, that's what what's kind of cool about this is that, you know, like who could tolerate them? Not, not that I died, but I like that. Who could tolerate the most pain? Right. Can you still keep going after we just went, you know, keep smashing, man? I had a cinder block death match one time with Matt Tremont where we literally laid cinder blocks in the ring. So the ring was all cinder, but I got it from Japanese mm. and they laid cinder blocks in the ring, man. And, uh, it was, it was the end of the tournament. It was me versus Tremont. And he put me through this glass, this lice tube thing, power bomb off the top rope. That was another one. It was wow. bad, man. I was in bad shape. Yeah. Yeah. I was in bad shape. Power bomb off the top. I went through like, like maybe 10 tubes. It was like this rack they built. And oh. I went through the rack and then hit the concrete, which was the, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you made you made the ring out of concrete. Yeah. Well, I I went and picked up, um, uh, you know, like like square square things, blocks. You know what I mean? But they sure. were like flat blocks, block, yeah. and yeah. like you would lay in your yard, right? And I, and the whole ring was instead of it being you know a regular ring, it was concrete. You know, and it held, and we we had a match like that, and uh, I took yeah, man, yeah, yeah. That was a tough one, Chris, man. And afterwards, I just laid there, man. I I passed out in the shower, and my wife had to like pick me up off the shower and put me on the on the chair, man, and literally like wash me off, and and I was in bad shape then, man. I was another tough night, man, but. I just keep going, Chris. I just keep going and going and going, man. You know, is, I love is this there, of course you do. Is there anything though at this point, Nick, as we start to wind down, that you won't do or you won't try? Uh, I'm not a heights guy, mm-hmm. so uh, I, I stay. I'm definitely not going to be going off any roofs. I'm not going to go off anything high, you know. But right. um, you know, I'm not going to do nothing stupid. You know what I mean? It has to mean something to me. Like we were saying, it has to be part of a storyline or a story or it has to be built into the match. I'm not just going to do something to make it cool. You know, I'm not, you know, that's what I'm saying. You got to build something or, 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 or build a story into it by taking that bump. You know, it took that to go through all that to go to that to finally pin me and, and, and win the tournament. You know what I mean? Right. Then, we were doing a trilogy match, you know what I mean? So, you know, oh, some things, um, uh, they got these gusset plates, man. I, I don't mess with them things either, man. Them things are dangerous. You know, I like to, um, to show like, like, like say the tubes, they, they, they make a big sound and they, they shoot in the air and it's all, you know, visual. I like to show the visual, but they got some of this stuff that just cut you. And you're bleeding, and and it's just some stuff. It's just I don't I don't mess with. I don't mess with all that wee whacker shit. 
you know, stupid shit like that, man, well, you know? It, it, like anything else, you know, like when high flying became a thing, it's like how crazy can you make these high flying moves? It's like that kind of in death match too. Like how crazy can you think of things to get hit with or yeah. 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 You're exactly right about that, Chris. I mean, you put it the perfect way and some of these guys try to go too crazy and, uh, you know, some guys know what they're doing. Some don't, you know, you know, I pray for some of the stuff's good. You know, I, I'd be watching me like, man, actually, I wouldn't even be watching it. It'd be my wife that finds this stuff on the Internet. Mm. And she's like, look at this shit. And I'm like, man, this shit's there's some Russian shit they got over there. Russian deathmatch. And I watch that shit's weird, man. Crazy. Maybe slicing each other open and for no reason. So I don't know, man. I know I'm just gonna keep doing me, Chris, and I'm just gonna keep doing what I love and 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 I know how to do it and I know what I'm doing. And I'm just gonna, you know, keep till the passion goes away or or my body gives up on me, man. You know? I've been doing this, man. I'm on like a third generation of people, man. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Third generation of these guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Like I, I'm a third generation of deathmatch people. Well, I had a you know seven year layoff, but you know, still, man, still going hard. I'm on top of my game, man. I feel good, and you know, my mind's right, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to say, uh, I know we're winding down. I just want to say thank you for the match. Um, it was an honor to be in the ring with you. Um, you, I'm not lying to you. You are one of my favorite wrestlers growing up, and. Um, and you were a dope guy behind the scenes, man. And uh, I just want to say thank you, man, well, for everything you did that, for me that day and everything, man. Seriously, man. That, that's I, from the, you know, I'm a real motherfucker and I speak, you know, from the heart and I'm no fake shit, man. So I just want to say thank you. And um, I appreciate everything you've done for me, man, that day and and, and moving forward, man. No, it, it was a pleasure, man. And and th- and thank you. I learned. That's the thing for me still doing this after all these years is if you're not learning, you're you're done. And so I learned from you that day as well. You know what I mean? Learned a little bit of of your expertise and what you do, because there's a middle section. There's stuff that you do that I do and I do maybe this side and you do that side. But to learn a little bit of of your experiences was very, very cool as well. So I appreciate that on your end. Last two questions for you. Uh, what What is your favorite match that you ever had? Is there one that stands out? Oh, my God. That's the questions everybody hits me with. Let's <laughs> see. My, fa- my favorite match I ever had was probably – I had this match with um, – it's a Mexican wrestler called Ciclope. Yes. And I had him in a tournament match, and that's one of my favorite matches of all time. Is we were going hard, and I got a, um, I landed flat on a razor board, took a drop toe hold on the razor board, and I got cut. And that was my first match of of the rounds. There's three rounds. Oh my gosh! And I remember after that match coming in the back and feeling my pants, and I thought I pissed myself, but it was me bleeding from a cut like around my waist, and I had to get ready for the second match. So they just taped it up, and it bled almost out. But uh, that match was awesome. So that was probably one of my favorite matches of all time. Uh, yeah, I love Sequel Pay, man. Them guys are awesome. That's cool, man. Well, I guess last question for you, last question for you, Nick, is what do you want your lasting legacy to be 
in the business and like for deathmatch wrestling, for example, and GCW, what do you see as kind of the overall end game for you and what you want to do to help build both of these genres, I guess you'd say. I just want everyone to know that uh, uh, I gave it a hundred percent, you know, no fake shit. Uh, I just, I just went out there and busted my ass, man. And, and I have a passion and love for, for deathmatch wrestling. Um, when I came out of prison, I personally wanted to put that shit back on the map, man. And I feel like I did that. I feel like it's an art form when it's done the right way. And I, that that's all I want to be known for is a guy who just, you know, loves wrestling and, and, you know, was a good guy, you know? Right. That's it, man. You know, and I just want GCW to blossom, man. I want it to be a, a company that, that maybe guys can go to and have awesome matches and learn from, and then maybe get back up to the big time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe it could be a filter or something like that, you know, or, you know, I just, you know, I don't know, man. I just know I, I just take one day at a time, Chris. That's what I do right now. And, you know, I'm so fired up for this match Saturday, man. Yeah. That uh, I think that's the biggest match in GCW history. I'd have to say. Yeah. Yeah. They put out a, put out a, a little short film man so i uh, shout out to nick mondo for uh filming that shit yes and that thing it just got me fired up man <laughs> you know i watched it <laughs> and uh he sent it to me on the low and i watched that shit man and it was late night too and and uh i watched it and i was ready to go and then it was like one in the morning and i was like ready to rock and roll so uh <laughs> shout out to nick mondo man the cool dude making an awesome documentary man and you know, seeing him doing his thing, you know, because he, he was a deathmatch guy too, man. He did his thing. I wrestled him a million times. And to see him uh, switch over to some that he found another passion that he loves and, and he's doing it, you know, which is awesome, man, you know. so Well, dude, it's it's great to talk to you, man. Like I said, I had a great time being in the ring with you, and I'm excited for this weekend and uh, very inspirational, Nick. It's been awesome uh, chatting with you, man. Hey, man, I just keep it real, Chris, and uh, thank you, man. And um, if you need me for anything or anything, man, you know uh, you got my number, man. I got your back, bro. So I appreciate. I just want to let man. you know that. Vice Anytime, brother. Thank yeah, you, Yeah, your background looks yeah, your background looks way better than my background now. So. <laughs> hey, I'm glad we got to work it. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all that matters. And uh, Chris, thanks for having me on there, man. I want to give a shout-out to my Murder, Death, Kill gang. I want to give a shout out to my Easter Block gang, and I want to give a shout out to my Hate Club, RIP Big Nay Hatred, and RIP my brother Justice Payne, man. All right, dude, we'll see nice you this week, you, man. Too. Kick Moss's ass. No, you know it, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Gotta stay out of that DDT, man. <laughs>